Hi, I'm Christian. Hi, I'm Jim. Hi, I'm Dan. Hi, I'm Hank. And this is the Football Musketeers. Welcome back to the Football Musketeers podcast. For this week's episode, we're joined by Danny Kedwell. Let's get straight to it. So as a youngster, was football um, always your dream job or is there anything else that you had uh, in like, the pipeline for yourself? No, it was always football. Since baby, yeah, just, I literally had a football everywhere I went. And was it was it always going to be a striker? or? No, I was a centre midfielder until I was 19. All right. Wow. What made, yeah. what made you move? Um, it was a pre-season game um, when I was at Chatham Town. See, the year before, I played centre midfield in the under-18s. I was 16 at the time, playing the under-18s. Um, and I scored 50 goals in centre midfield. <laughs> that season, we won the league. And then, uh, literally pre-season, it was about the second pre-season game when I signed for the first team. Um, Stevie Earn said to me, you're going to have to play up front because we ain't got like, our strikers have gone down. One's gone down here and one's injured. Right. I was like, oh, okay. So I played up front and scored that trick. I've never looked back since. <laughs> yeah, I, don't, I can't imagine why. Yeah, it's um, mad. Yeah, well, 50 goals from midfield is a pretty good ratio as well. Yeah, it was, yeah. It's a good ratio. So when you moved to centre-forward, was there anyone that you were looking at trying to model your game on at all? Um, I always loved Alan Shearer, really, yeah. at the time. He was like the best striker around at the minute. He was at Blackburn, wasn't he? So, yeah. They won the league and stuff, and yeah, I really, I, I was watching him a lot. And to be fair, like look at it, what he does is probably my sort of game as well. Yeah, very similar sort of styles. Yeah. Styles, yeah. Cool. So then, obviously, working your way through the lower leagues, was did you ever have that feeling that 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 move into the next step of the football league might never sort of come to fruition? Yeah, there was a time when I think I played for about. Six teams in like two years, three years. Mm. I was just going around the the blocks really, and I was thinking I can't get my foot in the door anywhere where I'm enjoying it, or or I was getting my, my potential of being going that step further. Yeah. Um, I knew I had it in me, but it was just something weren't weren't clicking really. And it wasn't until I went to um, Herne Bay, Jason Lillis asked me to go down there, and it just he just settled me and got me going up the ladder really like I just started really enjoying it and I was established you know what I mean like at a club where I knew I weren't going anywhere I was going to finish the whole season there yeah so I was going to say it sounds very similar to say even like an office worker where you know you can potentially do the job that the person's asking but until you can prove it it's it's very hard to get that chance yeah exactly like all these other clubs I was at at the time it was just like playing, not playing, and it was getting other strikers in. It was just like there was never settled teams. Do you know what I mean? They was all just trying to get players in and out. And, and I was thinking, God, this ain't football, surely. Yeah. I was like 17, 18 at the time. Um, so I was like, this can't be right. But yeah, I managed to get a home bay and he sorted me out, really. And that's how I started pushing on. Yeah, so obviously from there, jump forward a little bit now to that moment where you scored the winning penalty for AFC Wimbledon in yeah, 2011. Yeah. How how did that feel? Yeah, that was crazy. Like it was um, 
Because when I first signed there, it was, it was obviously something that their club got taken away. So all that, all that drive me to signing for them of yeah. the club got taken away. It was all fans. It was they, they appreciated the football. It matter if you win, lose, or draw. It was just they was happy to have their club, and they were so supportive. So to score that winning goal and what's meant so much for them to get them back in the football league for me it was just like dream come true really it was like good god have I just done that yeah how how were you feeling when you were walking up do you know what I I literally the penalty before when Luton went up um, Jake Howells went up mm-hmm. um, I took the penalty I was actually saying to myself I know it sounds mad but I was thinking please score so I can win to score the winning goal <laughs> that's good though yeah really and then I literally had no I just knew knew I was going to score um, and I was just thinking to myself right where am I going to celebrate <laughs> do I go to my family do I, do I I just did, like that's all I was thinking in my head nice love that when, when it obviously went in um, you know I didn't know what to do anyway so <laughs> it, didn't, it didn't matter anyway, what I was thinking how I was going to celebrate I didn't know where to go. <laughs> just run in the corner flag. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> if in doubt, just run for there. Yeah, run over there, mate. And all the photographers were like getting trampled on. <laughs> <laughs> well, um, so how, how, obviously the contrast with that moment, how hard did it then make it to leave that summer? To the league, uh, the jump. Yeah. Be... Yeah, so... Obviously, like, um, Gillingham come and bought me, didn't they? So, mm-hmm. um, obviously, they was in the same league. But the same again, it was, it weren't really that much different from the conference, I don't think. Yeah. Um, it was, I'll say it weren't, it is a little bit different. Obviously, it's, um, bigger crowds and things like that. And obviously, a bit more, more pressure on you. Obviously, as me as well, where I was a Gillingham support all my life, to go somewhere. That was the only place I was going to leave Wimbledon anyway. Um, <laughs> that's just answered my next question. Yeah. <laughs> that was, that was going to be, was Gillingham going to be the only club that you would have left for at that time? Yeah, it was, there was no... There, I had clubs coming for me, three, four clubs coming before, before Gillingham come in and I turned them down because I loved Wimbledon that much. Like. Yeah. The only club that had ever got me a move would have been Gillingham because I've been watching them since I was three and four with my dad. Um, so when you're sitting there and you love football that much and you want to be there and you've always had that dream, it was just that was the only place I was ever going. So when they come in in the summer, it was a bit, a bit like, oh my God. Very surreal. Especially not even kicking a ball for Wimbledon in the Football League. Like, obviously... Like I said in the earlier bit, that the ambition was to get them back in the football league, um, mm. and I managed to do it. And not to kick a ball for them in the football league was a bit—it was hard. It was very hard. But yeah, like I say, it was, there was only one club. Yeah, okay. yeah it's a good choice. Yeah. I'm very biased in that sense, being a Jules fan. But yeah. um, how did that come about then? Who was the one who approached you to make that move to Gillingham? Uh, my agent. I would literally, we played on the Saturday in the playoffs. And on the Tuesday, yeah. I flew out to Florida on holiday with my kids. 
Lovely. So uh, I was I was on holiday and my phone I must have had about fifteen missed calls. I was out in the like obviously the pool and stuff all day. And I got back to my room and I had like fifteen missed calls off the angel. I was thinking, what's going on here? And um I was thinking, oh God, what's happened? <laughs> uh, so I rang him and he was like, listen, mate, he said, I know you've always you've turned down loads of clubs. Um, he said, but I don't think this one you're going to turn down. And I was like, all right. I said, what is it, a premiership club? And he was like, no. I was like, well, I don't know then. <laughs> <laughs> and uh, he said, Gillingham. And that, and that was, it was mental because he was like, listen, I spoke to women. They said they want you to put a transfer request in if you want to leave. They're not just going to sell you and that you need to put a transfer request. And I was like, it was a bit gutting really because I was thinking, oh, I'm going to look the bad one here now. Mm, yeah. But they're trying to make me the bad one to cover the surf, which is fair enough. Do you know what I mean? That's football, isn't it? If someone doesn't want you to let you go, you've got to want to go. Do you know what I mean? Yeah. So, uh, we had to put a transfer request in and then as soon as I put that in, I turned my phone off for five days. <laughs> <laughs> Hype it on the sofa. I did, man. I was thinking, oh, God, this is the worst holiday ever now. <laughs> well, yeah, I was going to say, at least you were in Florida at the time. Yeah, so. exactly. I was out of the way. <laughs> um, so then going on, obviously, your time at Gin, you then become captain in 2012, which must have been, like you say, just even more of a mind, you know, what what is going on. Yeah. Did that bring any more pressure to you when that was given to you at all? No, do you know what? I've said this in a few people, like even managers. Like managers have started to pick up on it as well. Like um, obviously, uh, Ebbsfleet, like Gillingham. Obviously, that the first year, we, the year we got promoted in League Two, I was actually the captain in the 2011, the year we got promoted. Yeah, um, I was I was captain um, before Adam uh, Adam Barrett come in. Yeah, and then Adam Barrett come in, and then suddenly he was captain. Um, How was that? Yeah, no, you know, it didn't bother me at all. It was, um, yeah, it was just one of them things. I mean, I knew when he weren't playing, I was captain. So that season, it didn't matter to anyone. It was just, we was just all so close, and like, it, it, if you didn't play, it didn't matter. I mean, it, it was a really weird season. Of mm. we was all together. We had such a good group. Um. But yeah, like from then on, obviously being captain, any time I walked out on that pitch as captain was a privilege because I never thought, even just playing for him was like the best thing ever. The captain of him as well was just like doubled my dreams. Do you know what I mean? It was like, oh my God, I'm walking out of Gillingham, my boyhood club as captain. Yeah. Um, so yeah, and then onwards since, since then, I've gone to like two different clubs and any club I've captain, like I was captain at Wimbledon. So I've got captain, won the league, got promoted. Gillingham, I was part of the captain, C, got promoted. Ebbsfleet, captain, got promoted. And I was at Havard this year, captain, and you're like, we're just going to get promoted. So, weird. It's a nice tribe off here. Yeah, it's not a bad CV to have there. Oh, no. <laughs> Um, so that same season, 2012, uh, you scored the goal, obviously, that secured the promotion against Torquay. Yeah. It, seemed, it seems like we're talking about a lot of goals that are massive for clubs, but how did that one rank amongst the others? Um, I always say that Wimbledon, 
was the best because of their circumstances of yeah where they've been. They had to start from the bottom to get their club to back where they were. Um, but in terms of emotionally, as a person, like as a boyhood dream, Paul Key got that goal was like unbelievable, especially to win one nil as well, mm. to win the game one nil, yeah. um, and to be automatic promotion. So there's two different styles, if you know what I mean. There's one that yeah, means right. a lot to me because it got to them there, and then the other one was emotionally because it was just like a relief off me. I was just like, oh my god, been promoted, like, and that that was really like something you'll never ever forget. Them two goals, so yeah, different styles, different different categories, really. Yeah, well, it's not it's not a bad two juice from to be fair. No. <laughs> um, you touched on the move to Ebsby. Um, how did, if any, did the league change since you played there in 2011? Like you say, there wasn't much difference when you moved um, up the leagues, but when you moved back, obviously to Ebsby, had that changed, or did you notice any change at all? Um, yeah, I think to be fair, I think it got worse. Okay. I don't think the standard was as good as when. The teams when we was in it, like we had Crawley, Luton, um, and had some like big, big players. There mm. was like three or four, like Newport County. There was big clubs in there that had good players. Wrexham, even Wrexham was really good then. So the league was yeah. like really tough compared to what I think. Obviously, there was a couple of good clubs, but I don't think the standard was as good as back then. All right. That's good. See, it's quite surprising because you, as a fan, you'd probably look at that and think the opposite when you think of the trickle down. But yeah, if you're saying the opposite, it's quite interesting. Yeah, it might be maybe different, like in playing in it than watching it. If you know what I mean. I yeah, mean, no. Totally. I found it, it might be just where my game's changed. Mm-hmm. So the way I was young at the time, I was only like twenty. I was in my prime, and I found it a bit tougher because of my strength and. Do you know what I mean? I don't, I don't, I'm not too sure where, when I dropped it with Ebsfleet, it was more I was using my brain. So my yeah. brain was better than other players and I found it a little bit easier. But that's probably, the league might not be, but I'm just thinking in my own personal way when I was playing. Yeah, no, that makes sense. It does make sense. Um, yeah. So looking back, like you say, looking back on your career a little bit there, is there anything you wish you had done differently at all? Um, I think I think if I'd have pushed myself, and I'd probably met my wife a bit earlier to sort my head out because I was young, I was naive. Do you know what I mean? You've got your mates, you're always always going out and stuff like that. Do you know what I mean? It was like because I was going out on Friday nights, getting really drunk and playing on a Saturday. Do you know what I mean? And it was that's the thing I would have changed because I think if I didn't, maybe I'd have played a lot higher yeah. earlier. Yeah. So that's the, that's the only thing I'd look back at and go, I, was, I wish I'd changed that one. Just got someone around me, really, to sort my head out. Yeah. Because, you know, when you're young, you're just you're 16, 17, 18, you find like, your mates and you get drinks and you that's the only lifestyle you really you knew of doing. Yes. And at that time, and all I was thinking, oh, I ain't going to get anywhere now. Like, even when I was younger, I was scoring, like, nearly 70, 80 goals a year in my youth, youth days. But I'd never get picked up. But then football's changed now in academies and stuff. Do you know what I mean? There was never really any scouts out there. 
Yeah, it's a lot harder to compared to now. Like you go to a game, there's four or five scouts at every kid's game. <laughs> yeah, they like, seem to be picking them up earlier and earlier. Yeah, so maybe maybe that was a bit different. Maybe if it was like that, now it is now. Maybe I would have got picked up a bit earlier, but it weren't a change, and that's the only change I would make. Yeah, which I just got a bit more stronger headed. That's fair enough. And then looking looking the opposite direction to the future, um, is management, coaching or, you know, media work, is that something that interests you at all or are you moving completely out of the game? Nah, management. Management, yeah. I really didn't manage, yeah. Yeah, I've really... Like, I've coached for the last, like, 15, 16 years, like, kids' levels and um, stuff like that. So, I mean, I'm always watching my boys in the academy football and I'm always guiding them, do you know what I mean? And I, I just think I could bring a lot to the table yeah. in management, especially especially the lifestyle I've had over different managers and different things like that. I think I could do all right. Yeah, I was going to say, is that does it help having completely, whereas some some players will only have one or two managers, Is that do you think that's helped you in the fact that you've had you know a numerous managers to take bits from? Yeah, that's it. I think I've been my own person. Mm-hmm. But there is definitely bits of things I'll take off managers that I've had over the years of what I thought, God, that was good. Yeah. Um, so, yeah, definitely. Perfect. Take little bits off people. That'd be good. Look forward to seeing that. Yeah. Just need to get a job now. <laughs> <laughs> Yeah, so it's higher or lower, career goals to date and some of the players you may have shared the pitch with. I'm going to start off with yourself, Danny Kedwell, 220 career goals. Yeah. Has Cody McDonald scored more or less? Oh, I say less. Yep, 159. Yeah. <laughs> so then from Cody with 159 has Dion Burton got more or less than 159 I'm trying to think where he played and stuff I'd say less yep just 148 so it's 11 less so then from Dion with 148 we've got Adebayo Ekinfenwa with how many more or less nearly gave you the answer He has got, he's like 39 and he's still going. He's still going. More. Yeah, 200. Yes. But I'm beating all these. <laughs> yeah, you're not doing too bad yet. Uh, so we've got Akin Fenway of 200. Has Nicky Southall scored more or less? Less. Yeah, it was 78. Yeah. Uh, so you've got Nicky Southall with 78. Miles Weston, more or less? Yeah, Miles Weston, Miles Weston. More. Oh, it was less with 40. Oh, God, Weston's let me down. <laughs> it's a bit of a trick one there. I think he's probably got yeah. double the assists, but... Yeah. So then we've got Weston with 40. Has Bradley Dapp scored more or less, obviously, to date? He got 20. Oh. A bit of quick maths there. Eight more. Yep, 74. Yeah. 
This one's a tight one. I'm going to give you the heads up. Uh, so you've got Bradley Duck with 74. Adam Birchall, more or less. Good God, he scored 32. Three, I think. I think he's got a tattooed on his arm. <laughs> uh, more less. More by five. It was 79. Oh, I'm just thinking of his career because I know he scored 30 something in one year. Yeah. But I don't think many after that. That's probably why. Yeah, it was a tight one. Uh, so the next one, you've got 79 with Adam Birchall. Has Dennis Ollie scored more or less? Less. It was more. Adam Birchall was 79 and Dennis Ollie had 113. Really? Yeah. So Good I think God. a lot of them were early on. Yeah. So you've got Dennis Ollie who was 113. Frank Newble, more or less? More. Oh, it was less with 45. Really? Yeah. He needs to liven up. He needs to liven up. I've started so well. <laughs> it's dramatically going downhill. Um, and then the last one, you've got Frank Noble on 45. It's Curtis Weston scored more or less. Oh, that's a tough one, that one. Um, I'll say more. Less, had a longer less, career. Less really? Three. <laughs> no. <laughs> yeah. That must be five out of ten. It is five out of ten, yeah. God, man, I started five out of five on it. <laughs> so well. Fly now, yeah. Oh, dear. That's not bad, though. It's probably more than I would have got. <laughs> <laughs> cool. So what was the best part of being a footballer? Winning leagues. Nice. Weirdest pre-match ritual you've witnessed? Um, I can't remember his name now. Someone when I was at Wimbledon who's on loan from QPR, he bought on chicken nuggets from McDonald's. Pre-match. Before every game. <laughs> <laughs> One game and then two ran out of game. He never done it again. <laughs> and he's like, this is my pre-match. I always have it. <laughs> Fair enough, if it works. Oh, dear. Um, funniest player you've played with? Uh, I've got two really. Do you want one or two? Go, you can have two. All right, uh, Tommy Forecast, yeah, and Andy Jury. Okay, what were they like? Was it pranks or was it just dressing room stuff? Just dressing room, mate. Honestly, I, they're the only two people I know that get away with murder with their banter. Yeah. <laughs> Why is that? Just no one going, I don't know. No, nah, just like just so funny, like. They just get away of it. I think that's just the way they were. Like, where they're so funny, people, like, they're better people with their banter. And you just think, how have you got away of that? <laughs> you know what I mean, they just yeah. laugh about it because that's the way they are. Yeah, fair enough. Yeah. Um, so, who would you say the toughest player you played against was? Uh, Jonathan Woodgate. Yeah. Yeah, good player. Yeah. Uh, who would you say is currently the best striker in the world? Mm, oh, it's a toughie, toughie. <clears throat> um, I'll say Messi still. Yeah. Yeah, still there. Um, your toughest away day? Toughest away day. Um, toughest away day. I'd probably say Oxford. Okay. Oxford away. 
when I my first year at Chillingham actually. Yeah, they're a good team back then. Yeah, they was good. Um, yeah, I say that because I just couldn't. I don't know. Yeah, it was just tough that day. Mm-hmm. We lost one nil. So yeah, I say yeah, that good. game. Cool. Um, that you can repeat. What is the funniest prank you've seen? Um, funniest prank. I don't know. Um, trying to figure. Or just thing that's happened in training, or. Um, I'd say, actually, the funniest thing I've seen is Martin Allen when we were doing set pieces from the corners, and he said, "This is how you defend." But at the time he was riding, he had his crash helmet on, like his helmet bike helmet and he ball come in he went to head it with it on and it flew off and he <laughs> fell across four and grazed all his nose <laughs> I'd say that yeah probably, probably a good shout yeah <laughs> oh I can just picture that as well yeah. <laughs> funny man um, yeah great character yeah. what was he like was he was he brilliant for the dressing room oh yeah well, I found him hard when I, when he first came in. I mm-hmm. couldn't suss him out or work him out. He was like, I was like, oh, I ain't going to get on with this geezer. But when you actually get to know him and why he does things, it's like mind-blowing, really. I love, we loved it. Yeah. I think that was a perfect timing and team and manager that. It was. Yeah. It seemed to all fit at the right time. Yeah. Uh, if you could play under any manager in the world, who would you choose? Um, I would choose um, Klopp. Yeah. At this time. Been a few. Yeah, there's been a few that have gone for Pep, but yeah, there's a few that have toying with Klopp. So yeah, it's a good yeah. shout. Uh, what's better for you, promoted as a champion or a playoff winner? Uh, champion. Yeah, a lot more relaxing. Yeah. Uh, the best ground you've played at? Uh, the Etihad. Nice. And to finish it off, would you prefer a last-minute penalty to win or a hat-trick? Last-minute penalty to win. That's it. That's the quick-fire round. Lovely. Thank you again, Dan. No worries. Brilliant. Really good to get that insight from no you. No worries. Thanks for giving up time again. No worries, mate. It's been a pleasure. That's it for another week of the Football Musketeers. A massive thank you goes out to Danny Kedworth for giving up his time. As always, keep on sharing.